Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Underperformers. In the previous episode, we looked at how the perspective of fans and, and how the topic of underperforming managers or coaches affected or applied to them and their club. While today we'll be arguing about why every underperforming manager situation is different and the opinions of ex-pros and their opinion of underperforming managers. Do you think opinions of fans or the media can affect how a club or organization perceives their managers and backroom staff? In the previous episode, we see from a fan's perspective, the views on underperforming managers can change. And I quote, based on the backing they have or how the board and backroom staff have helped the manager and the club. For myself, the feeling is that each manager or coach who is underperforming is in a different situation and it is what the manager says, does, and acts as to how he should be reprimanded or praised given the resources that they have. The perspective used here will be the speaking of Damian Woody and Dan Orlovsky, analysts for ESPN on the NBA and NFL, and Gary Neville, a former Manchester United player and current football pundit. Woody and Orlovsky will be speaking on the firing of recent NFL hire, Urban, Urban Meyer, and what went so wrong with him in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Neville will speak about the recent firing of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and if the new caretaking manager, Ralph Ragnick, should be made permanent or if a better replacement can be found. In the case of Urban Meyer as a coach for such a short period of time, we ask, we can ask, how come things went wrong with the team he was at? Two reasons. Number one, Urban Meyer's a bad dude. And then number two, in the NFL, Urban Meyer's a bad coach. That's, that's why he got fired. You know, the saying that what you do in the darkness will always come out in the light is why Urban Meyer got fired. You reap what you sow. And obviously a lot of the conversation about Urban Meyer when he got hired and people trying to say of his college background that, Hey, there's some red flags here. We should have paid attention to more. Shad Khan should have paid attention to more. He's obsessed with power. That does not fly in the NFL. It is a we over me type of mindset in the NFL. In college football, he always had power. Before NIL, he had power over players. He was obsessed with intimidation. He was always able to intimidate 18, 19, 20, 21 year old players to do exactly what he wanted. And I would guarantee that there's players that he did stuff to or said stuff to that were just too scared to come out and say stuff because of his power. He never adjusted the NFL. He never adjusted his mindset in the NFL of you've got to kind of fight through losing while also striving towards winning. You lose more in the NFL than you ever did or he did certainly in college. Um, Trevor Lawrence got worse as the season went on. He was hired because his job or one of his jobs was to make Trevor Lawrence better. Trevor Lawrence got worse as the season progressed on. Listening to this, we can see that Urban Meyer failed because of how he never adjusted to a new environment. Well, then we can ask, how were the resources around him and how was he helped by the organization or players he had? To me, it just points to, it points to respect. Yeah. And when you talk about Urban Meyer, see the, the difference between the college level and the pro level, guys on the pro level don't give a damn what you did in college. And Urban right. Meyer was just as accomplished as any coach we've ever seen on a college level. But in the pros, guys don't care about that. Guys want to know, okay, what can you do to help me become a better player? What can you do to put me in position to be yeah. the, the best player that I can be? And that has to be earned. And so when you look at the timeline when Urban Meyer came in, think about this. When you're trying to earn the respect of grown men, first you go hire the strength coach from Iowa who had all this baggage, this racist baggage, and, and, and intimidating black players at the Iowa program. That's strike number one. Then you go and you bring in Tim Tebow, who we all love, to play a position that he's never played, okay? 
So you're talking about guys in the locker room looking at this whole situation and thinking, wait a minute, why are you bringing in a guy at the age of 32 to play a position he's never played in his whole life? You're trying to earn the locker room, earn guys' respect, and those are a couple things that you've done. Even with Urban Meyer getting to be in the driver's seat, having power and availability within the organization, he still failed. He was allowed to bring in the coaches he wanted, the players he wanted, run his own playbook, and it just never panned out. He could never gain the respect of the coaches under him or the players he coached, and he flopped as an NFL coach because of it. In a scenario like this, it is given that an underperforming coach like this should be fired or offed and probably never given a coaching position in the league again, just based off their 2-11 and record alone. Even when not talking about the 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 record or or how how the Jaguars were playing with Urban Meyer as the head coach, it comes down to the idea of power and respect within the organization. You know, Urban Meyer is the head coach having power over, oh, having quote unquote power over his players and power over over the positional coaches, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, etc. It's just the idea of how he treats the people under him that never never set him apart as a as a good coach you know having having respect for his players would have allowed would have allowed the team to gain chemistry and would have allowed them to to try and build a culture that would take them out of being being a losing franchise for such a long time and urban meyer's uh, experience in college was what allowed him to have such a such a such a large e- ego and to be so so power hungry um because the people in college, they wouldn't be able to stand up to him because of how, how there was essentially a monopoly of where he coached and how much, uh, how much the schools and the presidents, how much power they gave to him over, over rights, over players, over coaching staff, etc. Looking at a new perspective, we get to see how Ralph Ragnick's short time so far can tell us how he'll be able to lead Manchester United in the coming weeks and months. But we have to ask, how will he be able to adjust to a team and club that a manager like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has left behind? In the past, pulled him out of the mire where you thought it might get a little bit too tricky for him. But this time, the, the results have just got worse and worse and worse. And the worst thing is the performances. And the team have looked all over the place yesterday. I mean, I, I didn't see the game yesterday, but I saw the sort of highlights and saw the uh, some of the goals. I mean, the defending is absolutely woeful. The goalkeeper, the defenders, and that's a back four, a back five that have played together a number of times. You know, Watford aren't the best team in the league by a long stretch, but they got mauled Manchester United yesterday. Well, they couldn't get a performance out of them in the end. The players look drained of confidence, um, and I'm not surprised today that it's ended. Um, and look, I said a few weeks ago, the worst that could have happened for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. is that he became a bridge from what would be, I thought, quite a dark period for the club to what I think may be hopefully a positive future. They need to get the next appointment right. That's probably going to be the end of the season. Listening to this, we can infer that the team that has been left by Ole, given to Ragnick, is good enough to compete. It's just based on the ideas and the will that he gives the team where we have to determine if, if he's an underperforming manager or not. In these circumstances, if Ragnick doesn't have the team live up to expectations in the first season, then I believe he should be given a, a little more time as he's basically in the middle of retooling of the, of the club and rebuilding of the club, trying to help them get back on their feet and have a core group of players in the club have a, having a strong mindset and philosophy. You know, if we compare the two examples we're using today in, in Urban Meyer and Ralph Ragnick or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as the managers of the Jacksonville Jaguars in Manchester United, you can see the big fundamental differences between between how they coach in their organizations, with Urban Meyer coaching on on power and trying to trying to have the respect built in already, instead of trying to earn the respect 
and chemistry from his players. Well, Ole and uh, and Ralph Ragnick, they they try to build up trust and build up chemistry within their players instead of demanding it and kind of taking time and learning about their players and their personalities and how how they'll be able to fit into the team. And it kind of it kind of shows how 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 much different different how much how much different coaches are between how they how they coach between players and coaching staffs and backrooms, etc. These examples of coaches who are starting and underperforming are in similar circumstances, but the way that they are acting or reacting to what happens in the organizations around them is what makes them so drastically different. And finally, taking the ideas and opinions from a fan's perspective in episode one and former players and coaches in episode two, we can really see some differences and similarities in their thinking that gives different ideas for how underperforming managers should be treated. These sources show little bias in supporting a certain team or club and having emotions play a part in wanting the hiring or firing a coach, but in the eyes of former players, it shows little bias of, uh, of how they know the league works and how coaches should talk to players and treat the people within the organization. These different ideas can give regular people or people who aren't tuned in or up to know with with certain managers, they give uh, those people an idea of, of what's really happening behind the scenes and how how much coaching can really affect a team, a team or a club. And uh, the ideas show a big difference in in how much how much coaching can affect an entire sport based on based on how much uh, a certain club or a certain team is is respected or is gone up against using those ideas we can come to the conclusion that if a manager is underperforming you look at what is going on around them and determine that if they have an adequate if they have adequate resources they should be fired or sacked but if they're trying to do everything themselves well players or the backroom isn't good enough then they deserve more time thank you for listening